Welcome to the Daily Ding. Thanks for starting your Tuesday morning with us, or maybe it's late Monday night for you. We're talking about Account the Ding's live show tickets that are on sale. James Harden had a big game and a loss. Marcus Cousins might be coming back pretty soon. Dave DeFour, Rob Lopez pushing buttons. First, let's get to the game of the night. Washington Wizards 135. I hate that team. Houston Rockets 131 in overtime. James Harden, 54 points, 13 assists, 8 rebounds, 11 turnovers, and a loss. John Wall, 36 points, 11 assists. Looked like he was shaving points at one point, so I I can't believe he had 36 and 11. Eric Gordon had 36 points. Clint Capella had 17 and 14. Uh, Bradley Beal had 32 points. Dave DeFore, this game was a mess. This game was drunk. This game was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I love games that start out like this and then fool me, uh, around halftime. Uh, this was like a 17 point rockets win. The wizards look like they were just rolling over. And then next thing you know, the, the wizards have a lead at halftime. Uh, uh, this rocket team has got some issues, Zach. I, I don't really, I can't quite put my finger on what the problem is. Uh, I think the issues are that they're just maybe not as good as they as they were last year, right? Like they just they seem they seem disconnected still defensively, although they have moments. They seem disconnected offensively, although they have moments. The three point shooting's been better lately, and it's great that Eric Gordon had a big game, but no Chris Paul. You don't have that three headed monster there. Uh, Capella was good, but he wasn't great. Uh, Markeith Morris was big off the bench and, and Bradley Beal, like they, they had no answer for Bradley Beal. They don't have that guy that they can stick on those perimeter players to stop them, especially when Chris Paul is out. And so there just wasn't anything there. Um, and this is amidst just chaos for the wizards. Like the wizards looked like the easier team, you know, the, the easygoing team of the night with the way the rockets were playing the, and no one likes John wall on that team. No one likes Dwight Howard, that stuff he's potentially going through with what was uh, unearthed, which we're not going to get into now. We'll wait for that for a, a later day. But with all that stuff, like with everything the wizards have going on and not to mention Bradley Beal, who reportedly has, you know, asked for, uh, not asked for a trade, but has made it known he doesn't want to be in Washington. Uh, he did deny those rumors after the game, Rob. This franchise has been going through a lot this season. A lot, multiple reports about you may want to be leaving. Set the record straight. What's really going on? What do you want to tell the team? Oh, man, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. I heard it earlier before the game, and I was like, if it didn't come from the horse's mouth, it wasn't me. You know, I got this Washington jersey on. I come in and work every day, you know, until until otherwise. So, you know, this is where I want to be, and uh, I'm going to continue to show up and continue to work and continue to get wins for us. Nonsense, he says, Dave DeFord. Nonsense. Didn't ask for a trade, but it doesn't mean he didn't say he doesn't want out. I mean. To, to be fair, would you want to be there? I, I just don't think so. I mean, as you pointed out, no one really likes each other in the locker room. Um, they're not really a good team. This is probably a team that should have been blown up two years ago. Uh, you got to question whether the, the coach actually is the right voice in the locker room with, with all the things that we've heard about this contentious practice, uh, which I know you know a lot about from Minnesota. Um, but, but what I will say is that Bradley Beal is the most appealing player on this roster. We saw a little bit of that at the end of this game. Hits big three uh, toward the end of regulation, and then he guards Harden right at the other end of the court. And, and you know the number of guys in this league that can do that, hit a off the dribble three, and then actually guard the other team's best player. There's not many of those guys, and especially at 25 years old and with two more years uh, on a contract, uh, he's going to be very appealing if he is on the market. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can move Bradley Beal, you get a huge return. I'm not sure you get the same return with John wall just because of that, that gigantic contract, but either way, wizards are a mess. Rockets are a mess. And this was a very fun game. Other game of the night warriors, 116, magic, 110. 
Oh my God. Kevin Durant, 49 points, nine assists, six rebounds, two steals, two blocks. Bob Fitzgerald, the Warriors announcer was stressed during this fourth quarter. He just, I mean, willing this comeback, willing every little bit he could, you know, hunting for calls, everything. Like he was so stressed. Like this game was going to make or break the Warriors season. Vucevic was pretty good. You guys say he is pretty good. He was pretty good, except he kind of <laughs> choked towards the end. 30 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. Great numbers and a loss. Uh, but, I, Dave, he's going to Hassan Whiteside, you guys. Why are you guys doing this? Yeah, he's going to sign He's going to sign a giant contract with someone and then not be able to produce. But, you know, here's the thing about Vooch. He's actually been pretty good the last couple seasons. Um, I know the defense isn't, isn't what you expect out of a center. And, and Maybe that's uh, that's a, a, a slight against him, but in this league, when you if you could pair him up next to a guy like Kevin Durant, for instance, uh, I think that his defense is passable. I mean, he is a big body. The fact that he can stretch the floor, shoot the three, and pass as well as he does makes him pretty useful. I'm not saying he's as good as Nikola Jokic, but you could see him as sort of a. Of course, Nikola he's not Jokic as good as Nikola Jokic. What? Type. I'm not you even a Jokic guy. He's not as good. <laughs> as a Nikola Jokic type that you could actually run some offense through, which is, which is what Orlando has been very successful with so far this season. The only similarities, they're both from Europe <laughs> and they're both named Nikola. That's it. That is not, there is nothing similar about those two guys. And I'm again, I'm not a Jokic guy. Vucevic is fine. He put, I still think these are empty stats because the magic aren't going to matter. They're not going to make the playoffs. Like this, this is, they're feisty. I don't know. They're frisky. What does that mean? That means that they're putting up. A that's good what fight. you, that's what you say about crappy teams. They're feisty. That's not a compliment. That's a backhanded compliment. By the way, Clay Thompson, 29 points, six of 12 from three, hit five three pointers in the fourth quarter, which I believe uh, Jim Barnett, the Warriors color commentator, said that was going to have to happen. He delivered. Uh, and by the way, Terrence Ross. Now, here's what I can get behind Terrence Ross is ridiculous off the bench. 28 points. He's leading the league in three pointers made off the bench. He was unconscious in this game. If Orlando will go ahead and decide to sell, which I, I agree with you, they're not a good team. I think they should be looking to get assets. Terrence Ross, Vucevic, those are guys that could be on the move to actually help playoff teams. In particular, Terrence Ross, there's a dearth of wing depth around the league. Teams like Philadelphia, Oklahoma City, maybe the Houston Rockets could be looking at Terrence Ross. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they're going to kind of see if what the market is for J.R. Smith and then try to and then say, oh, that's going to take way more than that, right? Because at this point, you can – I still think J.R. Smith's highly useful um, with a change of scenery, but but Terrence Ross is actually delivering this year. It's not it's not a hypothetical. He's really bringing it. Absolutely, and, and as we saw tonight, he's doing it in a multitude of ways. He's shooting catch and shoot. Uh, he's shooting off the dribble, out of the pick and roll. I mean, this is a – this is a different Terrence Ross. I think, I mean, we we've seen bits and pieces here and there, but he, he seemed as hot tonight as he was in that 50 point game. Of course he didn't go off for 50, but, but it felt like he just wasn't going to miss. I mean, he, he had a, a few, uh, he got fouled a couple times, three times, I think on threes, uh, one rimmed out one went in and one didn't go in. But I mean, just to tell you what kind of run he was on, I mean, these guys were respecting that, that three ball. All right, guys, it's Tuesday, which means tomorrow night, FanDuel, Wednesday, back-to-back challenge. You go to FanDuel.com slash B2B. You sign up. You're going to deposit $5. Then FanDuel is going to put $5 in your account, and you can play with B2B listeners every single Wednesday. There are limited spots. You want to get there, and you want to sign up. Shout out to last week's winner, Connor. Got to come on the Thanksgiving mailbag. Got to chop it up with us. Got to talk some turkey. 
talk some Thanksgiving dinner. I can't remember exactly what we talked about, but you can listen to that episode and catch all the holiday magic. Go to FanDuel.com slash B2B, sign up, play the back-to-back Wednesday challenge, and win that spot on the next mailbag. All right, a couple of news items for you heading into Tuesday. DeMarcus Cousins, well, he's going to be back after Christmas, which I got to be honest, I don't really know why this is news. This is from the the Mercury News, but I don't really know why this is news, Dave, because uh, he was always coming back after Christmas. I know he wanted to come back before Christmas. I want, you know, I want to win Powerball tomorrow. Probably, but, you know, both aren't going to happen. So DeMarcus Cousins coming off that Achilles tear in late January. I still think it's going to be closer to the All-Star break than closer to New Year's Eve. Um, I know we get to say now that he's going to be back after Christmas. but That's a big man coming back from the probably the most serious injury you can have outside of a hip injury. Yeah, I mean, my assumption was we weren't going to see him till March. And in, even then it was going to be in a very limited role until the playoffs. And, you know, they, they were hopeful that he could be up to like 18, 20 minutes a game by April. Uh, if, if this scenario occurs and he comes back, let's say the first week of January, um, that would be, that would be pretty fast. Um, I, I mean, what was really Matthews, fast? Wesley really, Matthews really fast. turned it around. It, I think he injured his Achilles in January and he was back at the start of the following season. Um, so pretty similar time frame. Uh, I guess Wesley Matthews is a little bit, a little bit quicker, but, uh, yeah, for a big guy, I think that, you know, it could be problematic to rush him back. He, you know, hopefully he's thinking about his career going forward, not just getting in there and playing this season. Um, but you know, I got a question for you. You think he's going to start by the time the playoffs roll around? I do. I think they'll have him out there, but I don't, I think he'll be one of those guys that like plays like the first five minutes of the game comes out for an extended stretch. And then maybe they mix him back in with the second unit. I think they'll, I think they'll really stagger lineups with him. And I don't think he's going to play a ton. Like, I think we're looking at not quite JaVale McGee minutes, but probably like around 20 a game, because I just don't know that he's going to have time to get into game shape and get into great game shape. And I do think they want to use him next to Draymond green. I think they're trying to limit as much of that Draymond green at center as they can either save it for the playoffs or, or try to eliminate it all and just play more traditionally um, because of the toll it can take on Draymond. We see he's dealing with a toe injury now, but I do think DeMarcus will come back and and start for the playoffs. I just, I don't see the heavy minutes there and I'm with you. Like I, you know, I, at first, I think we kind of heard like he'll be back around late February, early March. Um, I'm guessing it'll probably be before the all-star break now. Uh, but still like, there's no sense in rushing him back. His, his job is to get back and be healthy. And then, and then his job is to get into game shape and his job is to either earn a spot on next year's squad. Um, should Kevin Durant leave or, you know, try to work his way into some big money this summer. If he looks like he can play again. Yeah. I think whatever they do, um, I would recommend just rolling Looney out as the starter and just go ahead and bring in cousins with the second unit. I think that's a better way to do it. You get more continuity that way. Uh, whatever they do, Damian Jones needs to not play. Oh, he's bad. He's really, he's bad. real, he's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me. I like, we can disagree on Vooch. We agree on Damian Jones. Yeah. <laughs> that team yeah, is, yeah, <laughs> He's not there. That'd be a weird one to, d- to disagree on because it's, it's hard to make an argument there. Um, uh, speaking of warriors coming back from injury, it looks like Steph Curry will fully participate in practice on Tuesday. And according to Anthony Slater, he is likely returned Thursday versus Toronto, uh, which is a TNT game. Steph Curry gets to remind everyone that he is you know, the most important player on this team. Kevin Durant's been great as of late, dropped a bunch of 40 point games, but this is uh this is Steph's team, and when he is on the court, everything is right with the Warriors. 
Well, Steph is the difference between a very good team and a team that makes it look easy. You know, like, like tonight's game, for instance, I mean, it took a Herculean effort from Durant, 49 points. It took a crazy fourth quarter from Clay Thompson. Uh, they all would have sat the fourth quarter if Steph had been playing. I mean, this is just how they are. This is how this team is built. He is literally the fuel for the engine. Uh, he makes everything work because of how he plays on the court. And so I think that if he's back and he's healthy uh, against Toronto, I, I think that they're probably going to pull that one out. Um, any sort of uh, rust will probably be gone by the third quarter where they like to have their huge run. And so, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see Steph on the court November 8th. I mean, it feels it's only been like three weeks, but God, it feels feels like two months. So I'm a little seen him. I'm a little worried. He was on pace to, if he had missed 10 games to still break his three point record at one point. Uh, I don't think we're going to get that now. We may have to settle for only like 360, 370 made threes this year, which is, you know, just pathetic. The just only guy, pathetic. the only guy who's ever hit 300 threes and 400 threes in a season, which is one of my favorite statistics. It's crazy. The fact that he just breaks his records constantly is, is amazing. And then one more injury note for you. Uh, this Marco Fultz thing still going shoulder uh, exams will extend through Wednesday via Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Um, I don't even know what to say at this point. Uh, maybe they should have sent him to Germany. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I feel bad for him and, and really like, you know, no news is no news. And that's it. It's not even good news at this point. Like, I, I'm I'm really hoping that they find something. Late February, early March, Sloan Analytics Conference in Boston at MIT. You know what that means? It means Count the Dings will be there for a live show March 2nd at the Middle East Club. Uh, tickets went on sale on Monday for Patreon subscribers. It's on sale Tuesday for Patreon subscribers. It will be open to the public soon. You have to get your tickets early. As you know, for the last New York show, sold out two and a half months in advance. For the LA show that's coming up in January, that show that sold out three months in advance. So go to Count the Dinks Twitter account, go to Jade Hoy's Twitter account, and you're going to look for those ticket sales because they won't be around forever. And I swear to God, if you guys complain to Jade that, oh, I missed the ticket sale opportunity, please get me a ticket. I'm coming for everybody. And I'm blocking you all. All right, the other games from Monday night uh, Hornets Bucks, which was in our game of the night until. Warriors magic uh, kicked it out of there, but Hornets bucks, the bucks. Oh my God. So Hornets win 110, 107. My bucks were just so bad down the stretch. Missed a ton of easy opportunities, missed layups in transition, uh, just made stupid plays, kept going for the home run play, trying to tie this game up instead of just going easy, easy, easy buckets. Uh, Kemba Walker and Jeremy Lamb both had 21 points. Giannis had 20 points, 13 rebounds, nine assists and three blocks. The bucks started seven of nine from deep. Then went nine of 37 after that. Just could not buy three pointers after that first quarter. Hornets only allowed three points off their 11 turnovers. Dave, like they really, yeah, that's the thing I like about this team. And, and they took it from the Steve Clifford era is they don't turn the ball over. And when they do, they don't let it kill them. That's right. And, and you know, the bucks, they, they blew an opportunity here. Kemba did not have a good night shooting the ball. Yeah. You know, he's been on such a run and, and, you know, it's not often that Charlotte can pull out games when he's not looking good. And the Bucks really blew it. I mean, they were down at one point, I, I believe, like eighteen or twenty-one. Um, can't remember off the top of my head, but it, it was it was looking bad. And then uh, the Bucks fought back, and you know, the last two minutes of the game for them, it was just sloppy. Uh, uh, Pat Connaughton missed a horrible bunny. I think he lost the ball on the way up. Yeah, the ball was getting knocked all over the place. I mean, it looked like you know 
youth league basketball out there, which at both ends, it was not good. But uh, when you're the bucks and you want to be taken seriously, these are the kind of games that you have to win. Meanwhile, the Hornets remain frisky. And uh, that that is a frisky team. That's a feisty frisky team. Absolutely. They finally won a close game. (laughs) That's right. They were due to beat a good team in a close game. I mean, you know, again, Kemba is so good. I, I, I just, I, I want to say that as much as possible. Cause I think these kind of guys go unappreciated in the, in the long run because you know, they don't win championships or, or they're not going to conference finals, but what Kemba's doing right now is so amazing. Uh, when you consider the rest of this roster, <laughs> you know, Jeremy lamb is maybe the second best player on this team. Oh, what a depressing thing to say out loud. Yeah. And so, you know, we got to get Kemba some help, but uh, you know, this was, this was a really good win for them. Spurs beat the Bulls 108 107. DeMar DeRozan, 21 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. LaMarcus Aldridge, 20 points, 8 rebounds. Patty Mills, 17 points off the bench. Zach Levine had 28 8 and 7. Ryan Archidiakono, 22 points, had a big three towards the end and uh, and had an opportunity to win it, but couldn't quite get it done. Justin Holliday had 17 points. Jabari Parker, 18 and 10. Um, the Spurs in this game, I, you know, I. I guess they pull out a, a close game. They kind of struggle with that lately. Um, I just, I, it's so weird to me to see a Spurs team that cannot shoot three pointers. Like they, this team has been so accurate this year from three, but they don't put up a ton of them in this game. It felt like they put up a lot of threes and just couldn't hit. Yeah. They've been running into the math problem a lot. And then, you know, they, they have open threes because they're playing one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And they just don't nail him. Um, speaking of missing threes, how about Zach Levine with the perfect tank ISO brick oh, to end the game? It. Love it. That is how, that's how you tank. Got to like love it. when an organization and a star player, when their goals can align. Absolutely. He, he gets his shots and they get the loss and they get the, the lottery balls. Uh, Wolves 102. Speaking of lottery balls, Cavs 95. Carl Anthony Towns 21 points and 10 rebounds. Robert Covington led the Wolves with 24 points. Kyle Corver led the Cavs with 22 points off the bench. He was so, oh my God, he's just filthy when he shoots the ball. Uh, Rodney Hood at 20 points. Colin Sexton, I like the way he attacked in this game, uh, but he just couldn't get things to finish. It took him 19 shots to get 11 points. And he had this weird thing with Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague scored 10 of his 13 points very early in the game. It was really going after him in in this contest. And it seemed like it was personal. Like, I don't know what's going on there, but it seemed like Jeff Teague had a personal vendetta against him early on. Sexton is a smack talker. And uh, especially as as a rookie, a veteran's not going to take that very well. And uh, yeah, he went after him for a little Jeff while. Jeff Teague doesn't there. care about anything except wrestling. He must have said hey. something about wrestling that Jeff Teague didn't like. Hey, I mean, maybe he's told him wrestling was fake. Oh, maybe he did. Maybe Jeff Teague didn't know. What a, Se- what a wild Sex- thing. <laughs> Sexton's been on a really nice run, and rookies are going to have rough games like this. Uh, you know, that's to be expected. Doesn't mean he's a bust <laughs> now. Um, despite being a bust after five games of his career, um, Andrew Wiggins actually played well, still only had 11 points on, on 11 shots, but was passing the ball, defended well, uh, definitely rebounded from that. Owen, that Owen 12 game where he was not playing well in that game. He was abysmal. Yeah. It hasn't shot it well the last few games, but, uh, but as you said tonight, uh, was able to contribute in other ways. And by the way, Covington is just like the perfect role player for them right now. Just perfect. Do you, like, do you remember the perfect? Do you remember the conversations about Covington versus Wiggins? Yeah, I, mean, I still think they're stupid. Yeah, they're totally different players. Yeah, they're completely different players. Oh, so, yeah, I don't get that one. 
Uh, oh, another stinker for the Jazz. 121 for the Pacers, 88 for the Jazz. I guess that uh, that game last night of the Jazz are back because they beat the Kings. They killed the Kings. I guess that wasn't the case because no Donovan Mitchell on a back-to-back. Uh, no Oladipo for Indy, and you still lose 121-88 to the Pacers. That is a bad look for Utah. Doug McDermott had 21 points, six rebounds off the bench, 62 bench points for Indianapolis in this game. And uh, Miles Turner at 16 points. Boyan Bogdanovich had 15 points. Derek Favors with 13 and eight. Rudy Gobert with 12 and six. But the Jazz, man, they cannot put anything together right now. Yeah, this is getting embarrassing. Uh, not just for the Jazz, but for me personally, because I spent all summer talking up the Jazz. I said they were the second best team in the West. That you know they had all this continuity. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was gonna you know get that second year bump. All of these things have just not happened. Their defense, they have not figured out how to defend with the new points of emphasis. Teams have figured out the Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert combo. You just can't play them together, and they're no longer a surprise. Yeah. You know, I think and, that and, and they're not hit, and they're not year. they're not hitting threes at all. That's another right. I highlighted that in the power rankings for the athletic this week. Like they are not hitting threes at all. And everyone is worse this year. And it's really killing them because they're still an above average defense, or at least they were going into tonight. But there's a difference between being an above average defense and being an elite defense. And they're not elite anymore. Yeah, things are not great. I'm turning off the jazz. I'm not turning off them, but they need to get it together. Celtics 124, Pelicans 107. Celtics are back? No, probably not. But big win for them. Kyrie Irving 26 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds, 5 steals. Horford and Tatum both had 20 points. Marcus Morris continues his incredible play, 19 points, 11 rebounds. Anthony Davis had 27, 16, 5 assists, 3 blocks, 3 steals. Doesn't matter. Pelicans still get killed. Miritich had 25. Uh, Randall with 15 points, 5 rebounds off the bench. And the Pelicans did not talk to the media after the game. They, uh, the people who were not requested obviously got out of there. Anthony Davis and company did not talk, which uh, I believe violates some rules. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll probably hear about this tomorrow. Um, Anthony Davis, just ridiculous numbers. And again, you know, you go back to his statements earlier this year, he feels like he has to play perfectly for them to have a chance to win. And uh, they lost this game by 17 in a, you know, and he was 27, 16, five assists, three blocks, three steals, just in, I mean, just incredible numbers that he's putting up and it feels like he just doesn't have any help. It feels like every like six, seven games, the Celtics go off from three point range to remind us like, Hey, this team could have a lot of firepower. Yeah. But relying on shooting 47% from three is just not going to make up for the offensive issues that they have. They, they only attempted 10 free throws in this game. Uh, they're second to last in the league at free throw attempts per game that those are problems still with their offense. So yeah, I'm not ready to say the Celtics have, have solved these issues because they beat the Pelicans. All right, let's go to the line of the night. We got two candidates. I'm only accepting two candidates. James Harden, 54 points, 13 assists, eight rebounds, 11 turnovers in a loss to the Wizards. He is the only player with 50 points and 13 assists in a game since 1974. By the way, he's done it four times. That's pretty good. But Kevin Durant, 49 points, nine to six, uh, six rebounds with a W against the Orlando Magic. Dave, who do you got? I'm going to go with Kevin Durant. Shout out to Black Trey. We reward winners on the Daily Ding. Exactly. I'm not give, I'm not giving someone with 11 turnovers and a loss that horrible, horrible Wizards team. I don't care how cool his 54 points and 13 assists and eight rebounds were. 11 turnovers and you lose the Wizards. No, I'm not having that. Give it to Kevin Durant. That's going to do it for us. 
check out the upcoming Basketball Buds episode on Tuesday. Listen to that special Thanksgiving edition of the Mailbag that's still out. Snark Hoops returned last week. We've got the BOMM podcast on its own feed. Like, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And, of course, you've got the Daily Ding right here. You can subscribe to, you can rate, you can review. Uh, back-to-back, Kian Fahey's NFL Pod, The Interceptable, which has a great host that's not named Kian Fahey. It's named Zach Harper. And, of course, the House of Strauss. Thanks for waking up with us. Go cook your egos. Go brush your teeth. Get to work. Thank you.